The following program is a podcast1.com production. And here it is. Hi, Drew. Yeah, Mike. Yeah. Welcome, everybody. You, you wearing me undies? Oh, I'm so wearing them. <laughs> They're really pretty good. I'm going to bring some in for you. Okay. We should go buy some. Meundies.com. Fuck that. Okay. No, I shouldn't buy anything. Really? If well, not if they're sponsoring podcasts and podcast one. Oh, all right, fair enough. I really shouldn't. All right, you know. Yeah, they should send you some stuff. Yeah. All right, then you can talk about how great it is. Yeah. And did you, have you adopted stamps.com? That I have. Checking to make that sure you're, you're, you're. Yeah, they're that good, right? Yeah. All right. So no, fuck yeah. Stamps.com rips. They rip. And so does the Amazon click through. I, I buy so much stuff through Amazon, and I always do. You buy cl- you're, you're a crazy cl- clothes horse. Do you buy clothing online? No. Yeah, I, I do. I do buy clothing online. I to, to be fully honest, I don't buy clothing on Amazon because the clothing I tend to invest my money in isn't available on Amazon. You sure? I'm positive. Uh, and and I, I find clothing online is hard to purchase. Well, it is if you're you're a big guy. Yeah. So it can be in terms of fitting and stuff. Right, and I mean, and also mm. you buy like you buy like I don't want to say basic because that sounds pejorative, but. You buy like very. Yeah, I don't cla- buy. I don't buy. Right. I don't you buy, buy classic stuff. stuff. Yeah. So it, it, like designer clothes. When I I find I have like four or five brands that I really like, what and I they? know and that. Why? I, well, because I know like I like the style. I like the 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 the, the way they design their clothes, and I, I like the way they fit my body. Mm. I I also have kind of an unorthodox body for a guy my height. Mm. Um. So I you know I find designers that design clothes that I like visually, and then I also they I know how they fit, so mm. I can just like. I can buy. Plus, there's two or three designers that I they actually don't sell in America. So like I have like, like Visvium. It's a Japanese. He's oh, a designer. Yeah. He makes. I've seen very, you had a shirt from them once. Yeah. They have like really limited uh, handmade stuff. So you you can only get it in Japan and right. and, and France. Is so. it hard to buy stuff overseas like that? Um, I mean, they don't take like credit cards, do they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially the inter- the great part about the internet is that. Now it's so ubiquitous that yeah. you, I mean, no one. It's not that sketchy at all to like. I heard, buy I, something direct. I can have a guy hand cobbling leather shoes in Japan. Take take my credit card and then directly send me shoes to my house. I know? heard an interesting lecture that day. He was talking about privilege and how uh, how privilege is invent invisible invisible to people who have privilege. Right. Some of the people that don't have privilege that understand sure feel it. And he was talking about how the internet addresses are the same way. Like think about what other countries' internet addresses are. Oh yeah. They're signifying the country. What's the United States' address? Dot com. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the internet. Yeah. It's like, oh, I see. No, the internet. no, you're right. The internet is the internet here, and over there it's dot France, well, dot Japan. And even that alone, like dot France, dot Japan, that, that's worlds ahead of, like, if you're in Iran, like, just getting access to the internet and being yeah. able to, like, email your family. It's so weird. That's like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. It's strange how they can control that. It seems almost impossible. It's so complicated. Well, yeah. a, a big part of the Arab Spring was the fact that these kids can sit there with a smartphone and be like, no, you don't understand. The government's now shooting at people. I'm, it's happening right now. And yeah. that was, like, Twitter. You yeah. know, that wasn't, like, some underground government website or it's, like, some, it some anarchist website. Like, this was people tweeting. They're like... Hey, the government's trying to close this down. Help us! We're in this part of Syria or whatever. Sheesh. You know, that, that, it's amazing. It really is amazing. That stopped. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it's like there, there, there are. It's oh man, the internet has fucked our whole life up. But how there are so well, it's got you lost in porn. Mm. Do you do your stern today? By the way, a little bit. Oh boy. Yeah. I. 
I like the internet has fucked our whole life up. Yeah, how? But there in like three or four ways, it's made our life so much better. So much like un incalculably better. I, I it's made my life altered in many many ways i agree it's many made my ways. life completely alternate in a lot it's alternated my access life. to information yes yeah, which is great we but, used to have this thing called the index medicus we'd have to go to take us 10 minutes just going through the index before we go find the article and dude, then print the article how about doing a like a radio like a morning radio show kevin and bean told me they used to just like open the paper at like five yeah. like like four forty five, and they're like what do we talk about today <laughs> it's true <laughs> No, but here, okay, here's what I really mean, though. I mean, as yeah. far like, that's little shit. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. If you're a doctor spending, saving that much time to get access to that's information, it's great. But it really is, it doesn't change, it doesn't profoundly change the world. Here's how it's profoundly changed the world. I was thinking about it today because I was reading, I was watching some documentary about Richard Nixon. Uh-huh. And Richard Nixon really was a dastardly dude. Like, really fucking crazy and... Like an alcoholic and and a mean, evil guy. Uh, And I'm sure there was many upsides to his presidency. And it gets tainted by Watergate. I understand that. But he also was a pretty evil dude. And a guy like Richard Nixon would never even come close to sniffing the White House in the age of the Internet. Right. Because it would just be one recorded evening of him fucking talking. Right. But to be fair. Slinging N-words and stuff. But to be fair, we have new ways of being pernicious i agree i agree but a guy who would bring in the heads of the uh, joint chiefs of staff i'm not defending he brought in the joint chiefs of staff and he was like uh all right here's the and this is like on tape he's like uh here's the deal um i uh have done some bad things probably gonna come this is gonna come out and uh i just want to know if the idea was to come up for like a coup a military coup would you guys be behind me or not like if i was to try to overthrow congress you know, this is the president of the United States talking. Really? I didn't know that was out there. And then, like, Kent State and shit like that. You know, like, that. there's, there's like, it really truly evil. There's going to be dumb people. There's going to be people we don't agree with getting into the White House. But there's never going to be another guy. Like, dude, talked like, about a military coup? Oh, yeah. It's crazy. It's fucking crazy. It's fucking great. It's, it's fantasy land. It's science fiction land. At what point does he talk about that? Well, I mean, it's just, I, 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 this is early before the Watergate. Really? And th- I don't even think he was discussing Watergate when he was talking about this. I think he was talking about other shadier. And that was, you know, uh, which is the guy, is it uh, Bernstein's still alive, right? Of Woodward and Bernstein? Yeah. Okay, he's Both the one. Are, I think. I think Bob Woodward's dead. Is he? One of them's dead. So. All right. Like, anyway. Either way. Um, so anyway, it was the 40th anniversary of the Watergate uh, scandal this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was watching an interview with, uh, I believe, Mr. Bernstein. And he was talking about how he's like, the reason why this was so shocking to me as someone working for the Washington Post in that era was that this was just the tip of the iceberg of the really evil shit that Richard Nixon had been doing. So I was kind of indifferent to the idea that he was going to get impeached for this. You know, for me, this was just par for the course of of the things that I was exposing or discovering about our president during that era. Well, and apparently, uh, a friend of mine named Mark Gruber, who's a writer, you can look him online. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnson, equally problematic. Oh, but but very funny. 
funny, but <laughs> but really like what an alcoholic. Used to piss on the Secret Service. Yeah, that's not a, a euphemism. No, used to actively find it funny to call them over the because they were essentially his slaves. Yeah. If you look at it, you know, I mean, they're getting paid, but yeah. When you're the president, your secret the secret service agents that would, are on your would detail. Be, he would talk to take meetings while taking a shit, make yeah. people stand on there with him. Yeah. He was terrible alcoholic, sex addict. Yeah. Both. Sweet. And all that's all swept under the rug. Right. And I that's mean, my point. Listen, are is is every president oh. that we have in the modern era a saint? Of course not. We all do dumb shit. We all make mistakes. We all are sinners. But President Obama came ran on the basis of I've used cocaine, I've smoked weed. I'm a different guy now now. And President Obama is not, unless it's an entire government conspiracy, <laughs> President Obama is not doing things, pulling strings behind closed doors to overthrow the government or taking shits and peeing on Secret Service. You know what I'm saying? Because there's too much transparency. There's yeah. Edward, We're in the age of Edward Snowden. You can't be doing yeah. too much of dastardly shit. No, that's right. And even like now, even now, even what's right before our eyes with the internet President Obama is going to be his legacy. Part of his legacy is going to be the drone president. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. He he's kicked a little ass here and there, by the way. Fuck yeah, yeah. he has. But but here's he kicked the, a little ass. He may be the most murderous president we've ever had. Here's the strange thing, also as it pertains to that kind of stuff. He also is getting up there with Eisenhower in terms of his numbers of days in, on the golf course on the links. Yeah. And, and this last thing, hey everybody, I'm uh, bombing northern Iraq, and uh, I'm going on vacation for two weeks. See you later. Yeah, <laughs> it's like whoa. Well, he, it made me think that maybe he's not on vacation. Maybe it's sort of a scramble well, or something. Of course, I don't think that any time uh, Bob Woodward's still alive. By the way, you yeah. were right. Um, I don't think any time a president goes. I mean, I know President Bush used to favor Camp David. Um, that Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard house. You're right, right. And President uh, Obama was at Martha's Vineyard. Uh, what Doctor Drew's referring to when when they initiated the airstrikes of Iraq this weekend. Um, he was at Martha's Vineyard. Uh, I don't think when they go these places that they just they're not the president when they get there i mean i think they travel with their work oh of course but yeah. but it's still like strange it feels strange it feels symbolically strange yeah it, i feel like it's symbolically strange but at the same time i told when you have that much pressure and you're working on that high, when you're redlining every day like the presidents are i mean your brain's just going non-stop they don't sleep they're just work we're work, work. I think that they continue working just as hard because when they're on Air Force One, they're working. When they're, yeah. when they're I think that the, the idea of just getting out of the White House is probably good. Mm. It's, did the, well, that's they, what I wonder. If to it's change just, their scenery. I wonder if it's it's a false sort of front, like a scramble of some type. Maybe. You know Maybe. What I mean? Yeah. A weird, like. We got to take a real quick break. We'll be right. right back here on the Mike and Drew Show. If you listen to podcasts, you probably already know that one of the most listened to podcasts in the nation is Adam Carolla. But you may not know that Adam is currently being sued by a patent troll, claiming that they filed a patent years ago, stating they control the distribution of audio files over the Internet. On the face of it, it's pretty outrageous. But the risk is real. If Adam loses this suit, then all podcasters are at risk. If, like us, you've already contributed to Adam's podcast troll defense fund, well, thank you. But know this, even though the patent troll has stated in the media that they do not wish to pursue this case, they reserve the right to refile at a later date, which is why we need this decided now. Here's a way that you can continue to support the fight that'll cost you absolutely nothing. Go to this show's page at podcastone.com and click on the Amazon banner. Then, every time you make a purchase at Amazon, a portion of that purchase price will go directly towards fighting this patent troll. That way you can help Adam fight against this frivolous lawsuit and help us all save podcasting as we know it. Hey, Dr. Drew. Yeah, Mike. I pretty much, uh, look, I never bought anything online in my life until I met my wife. 
Oh, and, seriously? Uh, now all I do is go to Amazon. Uh, yeah, I buy pretty much everything on Amazon. And if you want to support somebody that has an affiliate relationship with with Amazon, you go to their website, you click through the Amazon banner, and at zero cost to you, Amazon shares some of the purchase price with the affiliate. Why are for, you being so nice about it and saying somebody with an affiliate relationship? You're right, Mike. I should be more specific. Forget an affiliate, some vague affiliate. Let's go to Podcast One where you can find the Loveline podcast, the Loveline page. Bookmark that page and just click through on the Amazon banner located at the top of the homepage. You can even use the Amazon banner if you're in Canada or the UK. makes it easy for all future purchases. Again, it is podcastone.com. Click on the Keep It Free banner to support Amazon and all the wonderful sponsors that make the show possible. Bill Goldberg here, and this week we have a very special episode on Who's Next with Goldberg, ladies and gentlemen. My good buddy, Dale Earnhardt Jr., will tell everyone if it's true or not whether he tried to steal my wife's car as it sat at Hendrick Motorsports. Yes, Dale Earnhardt Jr. spills the beans. This week on Who's Next with Goldberg, only at PodcastOne.com. Download it today. That's PodcastOne.com. If you listen to podcasts, you probably already know that one of the most listened to podcasts in the nation is Adam Carolla. But you may not know that Adam is currently being sued by a patent troll, claiming that they filed a patent years ago, stating they control the distribution of audio files over the Internet. On the face of it, it's pretty outrageous. But the risk is real. If Adam loses this suit, then all podcasters are at risk. If, like us, you've already contributed to Adam's podcast troll defense fund, well, thank you. But know this, even though the patent troll has stated in the media that they do not wish to pursue this case, they reserve the right to refile at a later date. Which is why we need this decided now. Here's a way that you can continue to support the fight that'll cost you absolutely nothing. Go to this show's page at podcastone.com and click on the Amazon banner. Then, every time you make a purchase at Amazon, a portion of that purchase price will go directly towards fighting this patent troll. That way you can help Adam fight against this frivolous lawsuit and help us all save podcasting as we know it. Welcome back to the Mike and Drew Show. Uh, so what else is on your mind? I, well, you brought up President Johnson being a sex addict. Mm. Uh, I was wondering, do you think I'm a sex addict? We've, we've discussed this before, and yet you have a strange... No, you've said I was, and I just said you were dumb. Uh, <laughs> but I'm now I'm asking you, like, really? I don't think you meet formal criteria. Yeah. Uh, well, but I think you have those issues. I think I fight against it a lot more than most guys. Like, I... You think you'd, you could let, let it fly? You would be if you, if you really indulge it. Well, I don't think I do indulge anything no, no, no. anymore. But, no, no, no. If you let it fly. Right. My point is, is that... Like it's it's a lot of hard work for me Not to just to. get through the day without, when I don't think that normal. That, but, but is that without masturbating or without uh, screwing somebody else? Both. Like my my sexual desires are so overwhelming that it's actual effort just to get through the day. And I don't think that's every guy. I don't think every guy is like that. It's not every guy. And I know every guy's a horny pig. Yeah, but not not having to work their way through the day. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I really have to try not to attack women. Right. Cut their heads off or no, no, no. 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 I mean, fit, like, yeah. yeah, like, like there was a girl at I, I stopped at a fruit cart here in LA. I, it may sound dumb, but like, there's dudes, mostly Mexicans and El Salvadorian guys, and they sell just fruit, like, they slice up fruit for you and they put like salt and chili on it. And, mostly Mexican and El Salvadorian guys, yeah, you're right. What is it? Like, some white dude could be like, hey, it's fruit time. Uh, so it's it's actually, um, 
it's very sad, but it's exploitive. A lot of times uh, guys take advantage of uh. immigrants and they, they give them these jobs. But either way, it's a way for them to make a couple bucks. And they're all over L.A. You, yeah. I mean, you can't go. They, it's look, like, they look good, too. It is good. Yeah. It's a delicious, fresh fruit. Um, that's one of the upsides of living in Southern California. Everything's very fresh, you know. Um, anyway, so I stopped to get, like, fruit today here in Venice Beach. And, and uh, a girl comes up, like, to get some fruit, too. And she's in line next to me. And she was in like a bikini, but she had like a she was in a bikini, but she had like a skirt over it. She just obviously just came from the beach, and I like I was like really trying hard not to just fuck her. Like I was like, and I know I know it sounds funny, but I mean I really had like an internal desire. Like I'm gonna jump on this girl and throw her down and fuck her. Yeah, but you would. There's no way you would even come close to that, right? Right, right. Yeah. But 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 my point is is I don't think that's Dr. A nor- Drew. I think that's a normal thought for younger males. I don't think it's the younger. Impulse. I had a serious impulse. Okay, like, like when I see cake, yeah, I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna eat that whole cake, and yeah. then my my left brain comes in and goes, you can't do that because yeah. you'll get fat and yeah, it's yeah. not good for you. Yeah. But my my serious impulse is like I, that I looks wonder, good and delicious. I, I, wonder, I was very cl- like I have to really talk myself down from the ledge all day every day of my life. Have you talked? And sometimes not even with attractive women. Have you talked to your friend, Mister O, Mister O, Steve O? No. Not, actually, I haven't talked to him at all recently at all. This might be a good conversation with him. Yeah. Uh, because I have a feeling that if you if you went abstinent on the uh, masturbation, this whole thing would settle down a little bit. I have a feeling you're right, but I also have a feeling like I may I may fucking blow over. Because a lot of times my, my whole relief gasket is j- jacking off. And relief from what? Not raping people. Or cheating on my wife, or whatever, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you had support around you and that kind of thing to get through, like the withdrawal period, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But if I could fuck my wife a lot, you're fine. I think so. I don't know. No, no, does I'm she, not does fine. She, does she, no, because I fuck my wife, and then I'll go online and like see girls thirty seconds after fucking my wife, and I'll be on Instagram and I'll be like, Jesus Christ! And does she feel like things are a little too much? No, because. She likes it. No, no. No, my wife hates it. You know why? Because in turn, I've desensitized myself so much to like real intimacy that now I don't even – like I'm not even motivated to have sex with my wife. Does but, that make sense? Yeah, but you do. I do. Yeah. But it's not I, – I don't have the same hunger and desire that I do to attack the girl at the fruit cart or fuck my iPhone when I look at Instagram. Like I, I, I want to crush – with my grip, like like uh, like balling my fist, I'll look yeah. at Instagram on my phone, and I'll be like, I want to fucking crush it in my hands because the girls are so attractive. Yeah. And when I get to, like, for instance, when I was single, all I do is think about fucking all day when I was married to my first wife. And she never had sex with me. I could count on one hand the amount of and times. You, and you didn't cheat? No, never, which not is, once. Which is crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially because, like, like there was a couple times when I really got great offers. Mm-hmm. Like, really great offers. Uh, I fucked girls when I was with my when I was with my wife, my ex-wife. I fucked girls. Before you got married. Before I got married. Yeah. But once I got married, once we were, like, walked down the aisle, yeah. I, I was completely faithful. Yeah. Um, For how long? Two years was that? Till, no, till we were, until we long? got divorced. Which was how long? Uh, almost five years. Five years. Oh. I mean, we, we were only married, uh, if you don't count separation, like- a lot of people believe like if if she moves out and you're separated legally, like a lot of people are like games on. Yeah, I was not. I I waited. I was even. She was living somewhere else, and I still didn't 
cheat at all. I get it. Um, until I got officially divorced, and then I was just floodgates. So anyway, my point is, is like I was so keyed up with like sex and mm. like, oh my god, if I ever got a chance to, then I get a divorce, and I'm back on the scene, and I'm on TV, yeah, and I'm getting like all, and uh, it wasn't all that gratifying. Well, of course not. I started fucking a lot of chicks. Yeah. A lot of them, almost, well, I don't want to say a lot of them, all of them very attractive. Yeah. All of them will really, like, I'd be pumped to have sex with them. All of them masturbation fodder. And uh, it wasn't like, it didn't scratch that itch. And that's what, it, like, I, I came to that conclusion over the weekend because my wife's gone. My wife's out of town. Mm-hmm. So I'm at home alone. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been a long time since I've been alone. And uh, so I started thinking about like the old days of me finally getting a chance to exert all this pent up sexual energy Mm -hmm. and how like disillusioned I was with the idea of being like this ladies man and fucking hot chicks. And then I got to thinking, I was like, maybe I'm a sex, like maybe I have some weird, serious sex addiction, like some weird problems. So I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping my desire. Right. I just have no, I have no satisfaction there's no there's no top of this mountain right you know doesn't that sound familiar yeah it sounds like coke and booze right yeah so yeah i mean there's there's that those that feature and you're you're sort of articulating it and experiencing it a little more clearly right now right than you ever have well only because yeah i i I have but i think you're being honest with yourself about stuff that before you were just distracted with masturbation (laughs) so yeah you know you're on to something here yeah and it's like Having sex with my wife, like, it's not even, like, sex anymore, if that makes any sense. No. It's, like, a totally different exercise. Oh, right. Right. Like, sex to me... You're starting to compartmentalize that. Well, yeah, there's sex, which, like, I look at... Like, some people would look at having friction from a vagina mm-hmm. and then blowing a load. That Like, that's all sex. No, there's, like, ways for me to have, quote-unquote, sex, and then there's what I do with my wife. Mm-hmm. And they're two – they don't even at all resemble each other. Mm-hmm. Like, because every, the, the whole way that I look at sex is so dirty, and, like, it, 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 it satisfies my perversions, whereas sex with my wife is, like, a beautiful, intimate thing. Interesting. And you can't do the perversions with her. It doesn't it, – no matter how hard I try or how willing right. she is to – So you heard me say this a million times on Loveline, which is – there's some part of you, a genuine part of you, that gets satisfaction through those behaviors. Mm-hmm. And you're unwilling to share that part of yourself with your wife. So that right. part is alone and disconnected and going, fucking pay attention to me. Let's go do this. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and I, and it's not like I'm not willing to do that with my wife. It's just that it's not the same. Even when I enact these weird, sick fantasies with my wife, it's just not the same. It's my wife. It's... You know, it's not right. so you're not being dirty, right? There's something, yeah, missing there, right? You know, that's some part of you that's being left behind, yeah. Hmm, yeah. So that's where I got it came to the idea that so that part of yourself was sort of split off, and maybe it was the who knows why, maybe that original trauma with the succubus. Oh, fuck yeah, it's yeah. A, the original trauma, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. And so, you know, and also, like, I started to analyze how intensely I had a connection with my ex-girlfriend who really on paper is not at all the type of girl I'd be into. Anal Rena? No, no, no. My ex-girlfriend, recent ex-girlfriend, oh. right before Bianca. Uh. Um, and I don't want to name any names because I know we. she still lives here yeah, in don't, L.A. Don't, don't, yeah. No, but I'm, I meant to give you a better idea of what I, I'm talking about. I know what about. I'm talking okay. about. Okay. Um, and like how, how, how 
deeply intensely enmeshed I was with her and how like preoccupied I was with her when in actuality like on paper as a person she doesn't match up but then you investigate into her past and you're like oh now it makes perfect sense you know and so then I started to get to thinking like maybe I am a lot more of a uh, of a sick pervert than I thought I was. Well, you, you're you're beating the shit out of yourself as you come to these realizations. Like you, you're only using the most pejorative terms possible, as opposed well, to as opposed to. Well, I guess it's a part of myself that needs expression through this means, and I can't share it in all circumstances, and it's it's disconnected. Well, I'm a very guilt ridden person. Yeah, so stop it. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, look with all the with all the. Uh, negative feedback that comes with being an addict and you know it very well uh the guilt remorse i i don't i mean i've kind of exercised through my work in recovery i've exercised the idea of guilt i've or excuse me the the idea of remorse i've exercised the idea of um of uh exorcised exercised yes not exercise not exorcised and i and but shame i uh i have not been able to uh shake to shake and and you know it's still I, I still but I think, like you say, I think shame I is, only use these pejorative terms because that's how I analyze well, it. I don't see fine. myself as someone. But shame is fine if it's an honest feeling. It's it's not okay to just let it be. Uh, it's it's the source of the hiding. Yeah. Right. That so that part of yourself that you hide from your wife is shame based. But I don't hide it. I really don't. And I think that that's why I can you don't, make it. You don't work. bring it out with joy. No, I don't okay. because I'm 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 sad. I'm sad about it. I I feel like I'm somehow less of a person, and you, I don't and I don't want to be that guy. I want to be able to provide are nothing. Looking but, on Instagram, even now we speak. Yeah, for hot chicks. Yeah, I was going to show you a picture, and I was going to tell you, <laughs> can you blame me? But <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But uh, <laughs> so, are you still in therapy? Yeah, fuck yeah. I went today. Have you talked about this stuff? Yeah. Okay. So, and what's he or she saying? But right now, are they even, at least they with, my new, with my new therapist, we're focusing more on uh, childhood trauma, like like very specific childhood well, trauma. Well, good. That's why this stuff's coming out. Yeah, yeah. And um, are you doing DM, EMDR or anything? It's a mm-hmm. trauma therapy? It's just sort of insight of therapy. Insight of therapy. And then she, for the first time with, you know, and I've been in therapy a long time, uh, I'm doing exercises. Like I go home, I have to actually write stuff out yeah. or I have to... Does that work for you? I have to do like almost like like uh, improv acting yeah, com- yeah. like exercises in the mirror and do- and I have to come back and report to her and um Does that help for you? Yeah, but it hurts. It hurts a lot. Oh good, okay. You know, these uh, these uh these uh exercises some of them where I where I have to I pinpoint and we've talked about it in more in depth but like these certain instances in my life in my childhood that were profoundly traumatic. I go back to that time whatever age it was and I have to embody that age for myself and what I was thinking, what who I was as a boy when that happened. And then I write letters as that boy with my left hand. It's my non-dominant oh, hand. fascinating. And then I write back to it as 35-year-old Mike with my right hand. Wow. And I, it's essentially reparenting is what yeah, yeah. she calls it. Interesting. You know? Well, it's, yeah. And uh, it's fucking way brutal. Like yeah. way, br- I, I, I kind of looked at it as silly uh, initially. And then I went and did it. And then I was like, oh, so so deeply impacted by it mm-hmm. um so that happened hmm. but then i shit my pants yesterday on a run you, you you were going all the way back to infancy no i really did shit my pants on a run i have it for you thanks what happened i fucking was running and i 
and uh, I got, you know, I had a lot of pineapple with breakfast. Are you picking up the running a bit? Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, especially when the weather's so great By here. By the way, speaking of the, the, the funny uh, Swole Patrol stuff, got to have more of that Bulletproof coffee. That shit is amazing. Well, tell me about this other one. Keith Jardine from A Caveman Coffee is coming in tomorrow. Oh, perfect. So he's coming in tomorrow to Loveline. He's going to be on Loveline or just mm-hmm. coming to visit? No, he's coming into Loveline. Okay, perfect. Well, d- different than Dave Asprey. For, and I'm not, nothing against Dave, but Dave Asprey, his whole life is founding this company. Yeah. Keith Jardine, before he started Bulletproof Coffee, was the light heavyweight champion of the UFC. Wait, wait. We're changing. We're confused the coffees there. Excuse me. Before, Dave Asprey, yeah. we, who we have on podcast. He was Bulletproof. He's Bulletproof Coffee. Yeah. That's his life. I yeah. mean, uh, Keith Jardine, who's the, one of the men behind Caveman Coffee, yeah. Yeah. which is a very similar company. Before he got into it, he has a whole life unto himself. He's a world-traveled guy who was the light heavyweight champion but, of the UFC. What's, what's the, I don't get the point. My point being is that he's a lot more uh, suitable to have on Loveline than oh, just a oh, guy. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. but David was – people should listen to that, that uh, I agree. Mike and Drew podcast. It was really interesting. And, and strangely, there was some negative shit too, which I didn't understand. What do you mean? People took aim at him for um, – as though he – I'm going to – I don't know if these are the right words, but didn't know what he's talking about. I thought he was very – Who said that? I saw some tweets and some Facebook and stuff. Oh, fuck people on Twitter. Well, that's generally the case. But but I thought that listen, was surprising it, because he was so knowledgeable listen, and was so careful When it comes to health things. and nutrition, yeah. you've got to just just throw your hands up when people – listen. I By the way, for the record, I have adopted the mixed chain, uh, the medium chain triglycerides right. and found it to be extremely helpful. And that yeah. with the with the coffee has been great. The, uh, the very famous uh, personal trainer, strength coach, Charles Paulquin – who works up in um, in Canada? He's trained tremendous amount of uh, world class athletes, Olympic athletes, uh, hockey players. Um, you know, there's no questioning this guy's. Uh, you know, he obviously he's going to try to push his own products. Yeah. But there's no questioning his knowledge. Yeah. He likes to call these people that lob bombs. He calls them virgin uh, sex therapists. Oh yeah. It's like okay, yeah. listen, guy with man tits, don't yeah. don't fucking. Throw uh, insults at us about Dave Asprey and yeah. what he does. I, I don't need your information. Like, my body, my performance is pretty fucking high level. If, you, if you're yeah. one of the strength coaches at Jim Jones in Utah, fine. Then you can co- you can comment to me. Yeah. I, if you're not, then don't even bring it up. You're right. a fucking idiot. Right. You know? Right. Uh, I guess people, when people question you. By the about- way, I did, I did another podcast. It's just recently aired on drdrew.com with a guy named Dr. Hill about neuro stuff, but mm-hmm. about brain stuff, the way to enhance your brain function. That was also very convincing. They both were in like the same week, and I was like, wow, there's some interesting stuff out there now. Do you think, like, I know I'm not a big, I'm not a big supplement guy. Yeah. I believe that diet and and recovery practice is really the bolt, nuts and bolts. But I'm starting to, at least with uh, certain minerals, uh, you know, especially with people, when you train a certain way, you train hard enough, like, you do develop deficiencies. And also, when I think that like our food sources nowadays are deficient in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because of how many people are on the planet. Right. So, like, if you can sub quote unquote supplement that with minerals, oh. certain vitamins, um, I think that that can be a great thing because even though there's scientific proof, and I'm not trying to question the medical community when mm-hmm. it says that a multivitamin or mineral supplements or antioxidants are not necessary for the average person. What is your take? I think that to optimize your performance. If you're a hard training guy, I do think that there is some need. Well, there's a difference between multivitamin and then minerals. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The mineral story is still yet to be done. Mm-hmm. 
the multivitamin study was extremely clear, which was that some people that take supplements are more likely to die at a younger age, for sure. Now, for but, sure. Now, but we don't the, know why, but that's for sure. It, it, do you think that that is because the people in the study- We, we have were, no idea why. There's, that's being broken apart now. It's like, what it's, like, it's like when they do the it, it's people not, who drink diet sodas are fatter than people who don't. Yeah, it, this, but the same thing is true with the, the antioxidants and the whole free radical story is not panning out. These things are not panning out. Right. There's controversy in vitamin but, D. Vitamin D is very controversial now. I understand when you say controversy and all that. I'm talking about, though- the, all of these studies, and I and I investigated the antioxidant and the multivitamin yeah. one pretty in depth. Yeah, all of them were done on not only average people, mm-hmm. but sometimes oh, fat people. A- absolutely, but, but average people. Listen, we we are way down the the, uh, the extreme in the sort of exercise bulimia category. You right. So my, that's and, my point. And, and so, do we need some kind of supplement because we have a disorder? Even uh, I think I think in case we made for a mineral for sure. Yeah. Um, are we doing really doing anything? I don't know. I, I, and I do think the the fatty acid story has yet to be fully well, told. Well, look, there's not, something going on there. There, there's only a lot of positive feedback when you see yeah. how they treat people with Alzheimer's, how they treat people with de- early onset dementia. Well, that's what this guy it's Hill was all, talking about. It's yeah. all it's all based in omega threes. Yep. And and when they isolate the medium chain triglycerides, yep. all of it, that that cognitive what, development it, is it's, all based in that. It, it is, and I don't know quite what it is yet. I, I know that people have some ideas about it, but that's going to be an interesting story. Yeah, yeah. But so so your point being, um, for extreme athletes and whatnot, uh, not even extreme athletes, athletes who work out hard every day. Um, yeah, there probably are things we should be doing that we don't. We, okay, as we wrap this up, I want to touch on one more thing. I was watching. Uh, the what's that HBO show? Uh, God, I want to watch the Nick. No, the I want to watch. Did you watch that thing yet? I haven't. I don't think it's Friday. debuted. It was on last Friday, uh, okay, uh, first off, not HBO. Ugh. It's a, a NFL training camp show. The, oh uh, yeah, uh, uh, Hard Knocks. Yeah, this season it's the Atlanta Falcons. Uh. Okay, and I'm watching these guys. Uh, they're fucking otherworldly. I mean, they're true. Like I know. Like really, humans Freaks. aren't yeah. supposed to be like that. I know. What's your take as a man of science? What are they? What do they have to do to make like? I don't think football should be played by dudes like that. Like I don't think that sport. I don't think the human body can tolerate a guy like Stephen Jackson smashing into you. I don't think that. that Listen, were you here when um, Lights Out Merriman walked stood next to us? Fuck, I'm not letting that guy hit me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, I know. Um, I just was watching like a some sort of preseason game the other day and watching how hard they're hitting and thinking, God damn. Am I just getting old? Do you understand, is- like, when do you like Peyton Manning would have been like a massive linebacker in like the seventies? You know, it, it it used to be fun. Yeah. Now it's like murderous. well, that's my point. Like, I don't know if I don't know if like NFL football should happen unless they change the rules. Like, I I was really thinking that I was like, if you run a four four forty and you're two hundred and forty pounds and ripped and, and, and mean, seriously ripped, not, yeah. not sort of ripped, like. Shredded. Oh no! Like warming up, yeah. squatting five hundred pounds, like it's crazy. I don't think the human body's supposed to do that. Anyway, all right. Love you. Good night. Assalamualaikum. This concludes another podcastone.com program. Buying a car can be a stressful experience, but True Car is changing car buying forever. Yes, True Car helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Last month, over forty-five thousand cars were sold by the True Car Certified Dealer Network and TrueCar.com. Users save an average of $3,046 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people paid for the car you're looking for. Then, 
Register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. And the third step is simple. Just print out your True Car Savings Certificate and take it to the True Car Certified Dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Every day, TrueCar.com users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com.